Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We are on the air from one until four, and then after four o'clock, it's John and Ken on demand. That is the podcast, same show, and you can listen to whatever you missed. Yeah, money's coming. There's a chance you to win some money coming up in about 15 minutes. And a reminder that the Moist Line will be with us in two days. You can use that iHeartRadio app to connect to the Moist Line, the microphone icon. Or dial up this toll-free number, 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. As promised, here with Hour 2, we'll have another special El Segundo Time story dealing with racism. Last hour, of course, it was about birds. Mm-hmm. This hour, it is your ring doorbell camera. That's right. Mm. Let's see what the angle is there. Security fascinating camera. look at racism. Security cameras make you racist. Like, like viewing <laughs> birds make you racist. Uh, All right. Uh, We continue, of course, to follow events in the Mideast, Israel against Hamas, the Gaza Strip. Our guest coming on now is Council General of Israel to the Pacific Southwest. In fact, he was present at a Los Angeles City Council member news conference yesterday to show support for Israel in the wake of these attacks uh, by Hamas. His name is Israel Bakar. Let's bring him on the show to talk about this whole story. Israel, welcome to the John and Ken Show. John and Ken, good afternoon. Yeah, thank you for taking time, because I'm, I'm sure you're extraordinarily busy right now. Uh, it's, it, there's going to be uh, a, an Israeli response that's already started, but it's really going to get intense in the next few days. You're well aware there are some people that 
may not be on your side or don't really understand the issue, don't really understand what Hamas is about. Talk about why what Israel is going to be doing in the near future is so necessary. First of all, we, the Israelis, are trying to protect our home, villages, and neighborhoods. Just imagine that somebody is coming to your home or to their um, neighborhood and start to, to shoot people uh, in the morning and their Sundays. It's kind of crazy. So then, first of all, to protect the citizen, our citizen, before anything else. So that's phase one. Phase number two. We're going, we're going out to dismantle the Hamas um, military operation and military capabilities in order not to have any more a terrorist organization sitting one mile from our communities and shooting rockets all around here and with the last weekend also infiltrating into communities and murdering babies, mommies, brutally raped women and then putting them on fire, horrors that we haven't seen since uh, 1945, since the Nazis regime. So that's what we're trying to do right now. It's basically, it's a protective measures. We're, we're moving into a war, but it's a war that we didn't want to. It's a war that we have to. We have to do it, and we have to win. And this time, I think the world, and even the Israelis, understand there's nothing to do with Hamas. There's nobody to talk to. This is not about territory. This is about terrorism. That's what it's all about. So the government now is moving forward to topple the Hamas regime. What do you see possibly in the future concerning Gaza and the West Bank in terms of all this and Hamas's presence? I mean, if it can be wiped out, you think there's a way of going forward on this? Let, let me just uh, explain something on the basic. Um, the one that was the most, the one that was the most, that the Hamas regime is going to be toppled and neutralized militarily, it's the Palestinian Authority. It's a two different distinct location, if you know the map. Mm -hmm. So the Palestinian Authority originally controlled Gaza Strip. They had an election. Hamas took over by democratic election the territory of Gaza and then brutalized, murdered and kill the Palestinian Authority. That's what they did. That was in 2007. And since they, they rule in a very extreme autocratic way um, their own people. They're basically also hostages to this regime. That's, what, that's what's going on there. So we're not thinking right now what's going to happen the day after, because that's basically what was, that was our mistake all the time, to think what's going to be the day after Hamas is leaving the Gaza Strip. We understand now that's not the question. The question is, how you neutralize a terrorist organization that cannot be worse than this situation? So that's what we're doing right now. What's going what's gonna to be after that? Let's see. There is the Egyptian on the other side of the border. There are we, and there is the Palestinian Authority. We will need to think with the international community how we move forward on it. That's not talked about very much this week, that there was the other side of the border, and Egypt had... Egypt kept the Palestinians from coming into their country as well. Is that right? I'll tell you more than that. Let's go to the history in a second. Very brief history. When we did the peace process with Egypt, back then, Anwar Sadat, the president of Egypt, was a very shrewd and smart guy. He basically told us in the negotiation, I don't want Gaza. You take the deal with Gaza. I don't want to deal with them. And he basically pushed the Gaza problem into Israel. Israel made a mistake to send a peace agreement with Egypt while we also take the, the responsibility for the Gaza Strip. That was a mistake on our part, and we need to say it and be truthful about it. Egypt, the Egypt doesn't want to deal with the Gaza Strip 
and basically were the ones that stuck with it. That's the reality. So it's true that we have good relationship with Egypt right now after we signed the peace process, but it is a problem for them. It is a problem for us. Mostly we are the ones that pay the price. And hopefully, after this war is going to end, we're going to come to a better terms with the international community, with Egypt, with the Palestinian Authority, to see what we're doing with it. As Council General of Israel to the Pacific Southwest, what is your role, especially, I mean, obviously here in the United States and getting the American people to understand the problem more specifically? Well, let's remember that um, the Jewish community here in, in Los Angeles, it's, it's a vast Jewish community. There's more than half, um, half a million Jewish people who reside here, American citizens. And we have another 300,000 Israelis or 250,000 Israelis that live here in California. My responsibility is first and foremost right now in these days, I'm not talking about the regular days, but these days right now, it's to mobilize supporters outpouring of love with Israelis and American alike to donate to fly to enlist to the Israeli IDF. We have a lot of logistics going on right now uh, with Americans, with Israelis. There's a lot of also uh, sad human stories. You know, I got a phone call from a woman from the, from the Jewish community yesterday. Just, uh, she lost somebody from her family. I got a phone call today. Somebody needs to go for a funeral, to fly to Israel urgently for a funeral. So there's a lot of things going on on the human, human side of having a war, unfortunately. So that's what we're dealing with right now. Beyond the regular job, that we need to maintain the relationship with American officials and to make sure that things are uh, moving in the right direction. Do you worry that Iran will uh, get more involved in this, especially after Israel is done dismantling Hamas? Is, then, we're then you working have... on dismantling Hamas right now. It didn't. It didn't happen yet. We're working on it right now. But according to your question, let me let, let me put one one sentence which is important to say. Biden words yesterday were amazing, were great, were supportive, and were encouraging for the Israeli public. He said unequivocally that he is deterring Iran from getting into uh, the strife uh, and this war, and he helped us to deter Iran to stay on the sideline and not to participate in this war. Hopefully, it's going to work. So far, it's working. The Americans are doing a great job on it, and uh, we're also very thankful for it. All right, we thank you for your time today. We appreciate you taking a moment to talk to us. Thank you, John and, Jen, and uh, Ken, and uh, keep the good fight. Yeah, all okay. right. We'll talk with you again. Thank you very much for coming on. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It's Israel Bakar. He's the Council General of Israel to the Pacific Southwest, and he was president at a news conference yesterday by Los Angeles City Council members to show solidarity with Israel in the wake of the attacks by Hamas. When we come back, you'll have a chance to win some money. Yeah, the cash contest continues on KFI. John and Ken, KFI AM 640. We're live everywhere. iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. One of the things, of course, that we're watching closely with Israel against Hamas is the, the, the hostages, and some of them are apparently Americans, and how they're going to deal with that while knocking Hamas out is also a very tricky, tricky question. And uh, again, they're amassing ground forces for a possible invasion into Gaza Strip to try to root out Hamas as they continue to shell that part of the country, but we'll wait and see. Uh, this story is a gem, and... and a listener sent this to us. Otherwise, we would not have been aware of it. And I guess the category is, so that's how they do it. There is an organization in the state of Utah 
called the Intermountain Power Agency. It's uh, got government status, but also it sells bonds. It's like, you know, like any other utility. Anyway, now they have a big power plant which provides electricity. And the power plant is, well, it gets its production from coal. Where are we going with this? Guess who runs the plant? LADWP. Fantastic. (laughs) The Los Angeles Department of Water and Power is the beneficiary of this 1,800 megawatt power plant that is fueled by coal. I repeat, (laughs) fueled by coal. Look at that. That's why I called it. So that's how they get away with, oh, we have renewables, but. Look uh, at this. Look at these wires. We're not, well, they're going to say we're not producing any California emissions from coal. (laughs) It may be happening in Utah, but don't look over there. (laughs) This this is nuts. Just 2% of the power generated at the plant goes to Utah. Yeah, and this is raising a lot of questions from Utah legislators. They just got a whole audit done. And it's John pointed out that statistic. That's what they found out. They have an annual budget of $520 million, but 79% of it is controlled by the California purchasers. Understand, they're constantly preaching. How many states are we doing this in, do you think? If if, if there's one here, there's got to be others. This has probably been their their, their dirty uh, little secret, their dirty energy little secret. Is what what the scam is, is they preach to us and brag about their renewable energies. And they charge us a lot for renewable energy, right? You've seen the price of your electricity. Well, well, you know, solar and and wind uh, to generate that and develop that, that's very expensive, but we have to do it for the good of the planet. Meantime, they're burning coal like uh, the, the Chinese do. According to the audit, the plant has burned through 160 million tons of coal in its lifetime. See? All right? And that's on LADWP's back. Now, what's going on is apparently LADWP says, well, you're going to have to change to natural gas. And that's another dispute that they're having there with this power organization. What, they didn't know? Or they're saying that because they got caught? Well, they must have known. It says here 79% of the board is controlled by California purchasers. Yeah. That's LADWP. Oh, wait, wait. Let, me, let, me, let me revise that. Its annual budget of $520 million is within the purview of a board of which 79% is controlled by California purchasers. The audit also found, and this is upsetting <laughs> some Utah legislators, 26% of the plant's coal consumption actually comes from other places. They're like, you're not even using Utah coal. So they, That would sh- help the economy for the Utah coal economy. So they're maybe. shipping coal... From other states to Utah, then they're burning. They're the burning coal it. They're sending electricity to LADWP, yeah. which is running around telling us how green they are. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I that, wonder what percentage of, of LA. Probably not a big percentage, because coming from this plant, It'd be interesting to find out of LADWP power. And and again, the question is: Are they doing this in other states too? Is this how they <clears throat> bury their footprint? Well, uh, there's a state senator. Maybe we should have him on the air. Named Dave Hinkins from Orangeville, Utah, who says, hmm, it's an irony. They're mandating the switch from coal to natural gas. Uh, California is, uh, they complain about the carbon footprint of fossil fuels, but they have little regard of the emissions happening here in Utah. That's yeah. a good point. And, and it's, and I it's, thought this is about the planet. It's That's the thing. All these stupid laws and restrictions here in California has just pushed 
the burning of fossil fuels to somewhere else, some other state, some other country. It all goes into the same atmosphere. But what I'm telling you is they don't particularly care. They don't care about the atmosphere. They don't care about this climate change stuff. That's the right. front. That's the story. Now, who profited from having this Utah coal plant? <laughs> all right. Who made the money in this story? Because the, this green stuff is a cover. It's providing lots of tax money to develop all kinds of alternative energies like solar power and electric battery. But plants. in the meantime, you got to keep the lights on. That's right? right. And so, yeah, who's making money from all these government subsidies? Who who is who is who's done all these startups? You know, every scoundrel in the world now has some kind of green energy startup because the government is dumping billions of dollars out there. What happened when they dumped billions of dollars into California for the unemployment fund, right? Tens of billions of dollars were, were, were fraudsters showed up and stole tens of billions of dollars. Well, fraudsters are showing up and stealing tens of billions of dollars for their fake solar energy and green energy companies. And we don't make enough. We've said this a thousand times, and it's the truth. They do not make enough wind and solar power to meet our needs. They never will. So that's why they're, they're keeping the nuclear plant going. They're restarting natural gas plants going. They're, they've had coal burning forever in Utah. And an odd part of this story, in the early 2000s, a group of electric utilities said, well, we need additional sources of energy for some of our Utah members. So they were going to try to start a third generating unit. But apparently... LEDWP reportedly blocked the project from moving forward. I wonder why they did that. They didn't want, I don't know, they, why would they not want additional uh, energy uh, sources in Utah? It's really strange. I don't know what's So the, it seems like they had a stranglehold on this particular power agency. Geez, yeah, yeah, it does seem well, we, that way. We know the DWP is as, cor as corrupt to the bone. I mean, that's been oh, proven over God. and over over the years. And that uh, union. Oh, yeah. And ha remember how many of their executives are in prison right now? Oh, yeah, they got involved in that whole scandal, right? Yeah, right. When were the de these deals made? Were people involved in these deals now in prison for other shady situations? All right. When we return, we promised you each hour today, we'll do an El Segundo Time special. They ran a couple of stories just in the last couple of days on, oh, shock, race. This one deals with your ring doorbell camera. And we're not kidding you. There's an angle of racism to it. Coming up next, John and Ken, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. 
This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. It, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We're on the radio from 1 until 4. Pay attention. After 4 o'clock, you can go to uh, the iHeart app for the John and Ken On Demand podcast, same as the radio show. So there's no excuse not to ingest all three hours every day. Ingest. Ingest. Uh, oh, a breaking news alert from the El Segundo Times. Uh, the the Inyo rock daisy, a rare California flower, has been listed now as a state-threatened species. So it's got new protections. The Inyo rock daisy. The Inyo rock daisy. It, it grows from the crevices of cliff walls. A lot of it is out there in Death Valley National Park is where a lot of the flower grows. Well, nobody. Uh, there are complaints because of mining operations. They were killing the daisies. So, okay. It's, it's now gotten special uh, uh, protection. You know what? I, I think they, I don't know why they don't just call for all Californians to commit mass suicide. <laughs> really just leave. Because, right. you know, apparently we're causing so much pollution, so much environmental degradation. You know, we're 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 just we're just a terrible species on the planet. And you're racist. Most of you are. I know. I can't even enjoy watching birds anymore. Birds was the first report we did last hour in El Segundo Times special about how well there's more diversity of birds in the better neighborhoods. Sorry, but that's racist. Right. Because uh, this there's... one is about uh, your your well your ring doorbell camera, cameras, cops, and paranoia. How Amazon's surveillance network alters. L.A. neighborhoods, and it comes complete with an illustration of uh, the nosy neighbor uh, lifting up the blinds to stare out, their their nose sticking out, their fingers, trying to see what's going on in the streets. Mock people who don't want to have their stuff stolen. Classic El Segundo Times garbage. Classic. Right. We're the bad people because we don't want our stuff taken. Yeah, they start I, off with this report from Sun Valley, one of Los Angeles' northernmost corners. A small enclave whose residents are a little whiter and a little wealthier oh, than that's the rest bad. of Los Angeles. They should kill themselves. And these are the people that are apparently using the cameras. And I don't know, I guess there's something racist about that because a lot of them then go on John's favorite, the Next Door app, and well, they start reporting suspicious behavior. 
And should that suspicious behavior ever include a description of someone's ethnicity? Oh, ding, 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 ding. The bells go off. You know something? They're racist. That, that, is, that is so stupid. Because when people get a, a, a photo of a suspect on their, on their ring video, and then they, they post a screenshot. Sometimes they post the whole video. Right. Guess what they want to tell everyone? What the suspect looks like. First of In all, case you see them, right? You could see it on the screen, right? You could see the photo or the video on the screen. And that's the first question everybody asks. Do you have a description? Part of the description is what what race they are, what ethnicity they seem to be. That's a basic description when you have a bad guy prowling around to break in. Now, at at, wor- at best, he's just going to steal stuff. At worst, you could have a rape or a murder or your child could be kidnapped. I, I, I can't imagine it describing a guy that's actually on the video, right? He's he's right there. Clean, you know, he's got his hand in the uh, through the window of your car. And you're not supposed to publish that? Well, the, the police constantly say, it's like, well, you know, have a security system. Say something, say something. Let us know what. Well, okay, we're letting you know. This is a story by Lam Thuivo. I don't know. I've never heard of him as a writer. But apparently they had input from some New York City organization, too. And I like the way he puts in there, some research, it's vague, although there is a they, link, they, they has shown have. that surveillance is a poor deterrent of property crimes. Oh, that's nonsense. Some research. I'm sick. You know, the LA Times puts in a fake research paragraph. But it, it breeds paranoia, perpetuates prejudice, and puts people at heightened risk of police or vigilante violence. No, on all those things. Because... <laughs> It makes people feel more secure, not paranoid. You feel better when you have a ring camera. You feel better when you know that if there's a bad guy lurking around, you can get video, you can send it to your neighbors, and everybody will be on alert together. Uh, that, 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 is, that is total horse crap. They always have these vaguely worded prayers to research. Don't believe any, any reference to research in an El Segundo Times story. Well, they, of they, course, they underline some, which means, well, they found like one study. Some. That, that, that makes it conclusive? That's that's the journalistic weasel word. That is the all-purpose weasel word to get their point of view and their opinion into a story and to make it a big deal on their page. That we have some say, some critics, some research. That, uh, it's a total- and, of course, they drag the police into this. Our analysis of a random sample of neighbors' posts found that more than 30% of the posts the LAPD received didn't describe criminal activity, even if users classify them as crime. There were things like suspicious behavior, someone checking cars. Yeah, checking cars is what they do. I'll tell you what they do. I know what they do. You do? They have gone down our block, and they flip open car doors. Yeah, they pull the handles. Yeah, flip, flip, flip. Okay. Yeah, I've and, seen them do that. Yeah. And, and and three times somebody in our family, including me, has had their cars broken into. Now, they, they've stolen a couple of minor things. What they do is they go into your compartments and they just pull it all out and throw it around. They're looking to see if you've got some money hidden in there, Anything right? Anything valuable, quickly grab. Right, because, right. you know, people put $20 bills in their glove compartment for emergencies. That's what they're what, what they're looking for, and that's happened to me several times. So, yes, what I, if I see somebody that I know isn't supposed to be living in the neighborhood and he's flipping car door handles, it is suspicious. It is the last minute before a crime is committed. The first 
door that opens on a car, now you've got the crime because they're breaking in and they're stealing stuff. What a, what a, this is propaganda. They know better. This, this Lamthoy Vo, he or she knows better. In fact, I'm sure if they see a strange guy flicking open their car, they say to themselves, oh, it looks like he's going to steal something out of my car. You see how they try to rewire your natural instinct not to believe what you see? You're not really looking at a crime. Yes, I am looking at a crime. I mean, the real upstart of this article is, well, a lot of people with ring doorbell cameras live in wider, wealthier neighborhoods. They have the least crime. This is just paranoia. They and it's just their attempt to go after people of color. They, they see them out of place in the neighborhood. They have. They the really think that's what's going on. They have the least amount. No. Everybody I know would like to be left alone. They just want to sit on the sofa and watch television. They don't want to be part of Crime Stoppers. They don't want to be part of a neighborhood watch. <laughs> All that is a pain in the ass, okay? They want to be comfortable and relaxed, leave their screen doors open to get a breeze. They don't want to have to worry about being bust into from their back door by guys wanting to steal their electronics and jewelry. So this 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 writer, this uh, Lanthoy Vo, is just full of steaming, smelly horse manure. All right? That's not what people want to do. And, by the way, if there's less crime in those neighborhoods, it's because people are vigilant. It's because on my block, every single lawn, front lawn, has a sign drilled into the ground that says... Right. With this security company, that security company, 24-hour surveillance, neighborhood crime watch. Okay, every one of them do. And, and every one of them in our neighborhood is signed up with a local security agency, and their cars go round and round all the time because the police don't come anywhere near us. I know, I know the West Side doesn't have the same crime rate as, as uh, South Central. That's not the point. People have to pay extra money to supplement their security. And isn't that what uh, politicians have told business owners? Well, you have to put in your own security. Okay, well, people put in their own security. We have security cars going by. We, we have ring cameras. We have signs out there. And we just generally keep track of what's going on. If you see a guy and he looks suspicious, you call the security agency. You know what? Don't go flicking car doors. They had help with this story. New York City news service writers, one, two, three, four, five more, contributed to this report. A series made possible through support from the Pulitzer Center's AI Accountability Network. I guess because this is tech, the red doorbell camera. What, this, is, this, is a, this is AI generated? Accountability Network. Yes, they're making sure that uh, in that world we're, we're going to keep them accountable. You know why? They're trying to intimidate readers into thinking, well, we have science, we have research, we have artificial intelligence, F and you. Okay? I have a car, I have a house, I don't want it broken into. And you are not going to intimidate me with all your fake lectures and scolding and research and phony baloney organizations and your AI. Just stick it. All right, we got more coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere. iHeartRadio app. Dreadful, dreadful news agency, the El Segundo Times is. Just dreadful. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Uh, coming up after 3 o'clock, our guest will be a candidate for L.A. County District Attorney Eric Sadal who also happens to be with the L.A. County Association of Deputy DAs. He is a deputy DA, and he'd like to replace George Gascon, one of the people running for that job in next March's primary. He'd like to talk about, well, Israel versus Hamas and 
the Democratic Socialists of America. So we'll get into all of that and Gascon's connection to that with Eric after the news at three o'clock. Well, if you from the category of we give up, right? Oh, harm reduction. I forgot. That's what it's called technically by government officials. Harm reduction policy. Today, a number of Los Angeles County libraries are inviting you to come on in and get yourself some Narcan. What that has to do with libraries, I don't know. But uh, five of them, in the partnership with the health department, are going to hand out one per customer uh, the medication, Narcan, today. Actually, the clinic's going to run for a, a couple of weeks to November 9th. Uh, you'll get a free dose. No proof of ID. You don't have to show any insurance. There's no payment. You just have to watch a brief video training of how to administer the Narcan to uh, well, the drug it, it's You know, it's because of the drug addicts that fill up the libraries all day. And then they go into the restroom and inject fentanyl and they die. So who do you think is going to show up to get these free doses? The drug addicts or people that uh, want to save their lives? I don't really understand. It's going to be the librarians. Or maybe, oh. or maybe, or maybe, maybe a customer. Maybe your like eight year old son is going to wander into the restroom after story time at the library, and he's going to say, "Mommy, there's a drug addict dying on the floor." Oh, son, just go over to the librarian. She'll help you. You need to administer some Narcan. Thank you, mommy. What a world to live in. Yeah, huh? this is this is the world. The librarians. I mean, librarians are supposed to help people find books. That's why they got into the business. They're supposed to have a vast knowledge of the thousands of books, help children out with their with with their with their homework assignments, and help guide them to get. That's antiquated. That's old person thinking. Yes. Today's libraries are taking care of homeless people and drug addicts. Yes. Because they need a place to hang out, like the metro system, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, how? What's how, wrong with you? How come the metro part of community outreach? How come the metro stations aren't good enough for these guys? Now they, they they come into libraries, and 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 they and they and they snort fentanyl and they die, and it, it's it's up to little kids to revive them. It's up to mothers to revive them. It's up to librarians we, to revive them. We did that story a couple of months ago in the El Segundo Times about the L.A. County li the chief librarian. Remember that guy? And yes. This is the stuff he has to think about now: is uh, homeless people and people overdosing in his libraries. He's too much. <laughs> of a wiener to stand up and say, this has gone too effing far. You're all insane. We're supposed to be managing uh, 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 the stock of, of the, all the books in the library. That's what we're supposed to be managing. Drag these people out of here and send them into drug treatment, whether they like it or not. Yes. This idea of harm reduction is stupid, silly, and dangerous. And it's a failure. And this was their response. They started noticing, noticing mm, a lot more ODs. All right, well, how are we going to deal? All right, let's just give everybody Narcan. And, and we're, we're all supposed to get... How long before there's a California law requiring us all, or oh, they're just going to mail us Narcan? Uh, do you th there is zero chance. I am Just ever, like a ballot in the mail. <laughs> I'm never going up to some crazed vagrant and giving him Narcan. That's not happening ever. I'm looking you, the other way. I wonder way. how you do it. I don't even I, know. I, I don't want to know. I'm looking the other way. I'm walking the other way. I'm not getting involved. I'm not going to a library. My God, I wouldn't go to a public library. It, it's that bad in the libraries that, 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 that they want the people, that they want the public rely, reviving dying drug addicts in the bathroom? 
That's our job now when we go to the library with our kids? Oh, no. What is the protocol for administering Narcan? Gently insert nozzle into one nostril. I'm your not... fingers, Your fingers should be right up against the nose. Right. Press the plunger firmly with your thumb to give the dose. I'm going to Give stick... a second dose after three minutes if the person has not woken up or their breathing's not improved. That's how you would Yes, we're all medical technicians now. So you have to grab the nose. I'm going to put my finger in the drug addict's nose. Do you want to save a life? Or you want to be one of these people that just turns away? I'm turning away. <laughs> Send me to hell. I'm turning away. I'm not putting my finger up some drug addict's nose. We are a village. You I'm, have to help sir, people live. I'm leaving the village. Oh, I've, I always wondered how that worked. I'm, okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's no, little, I'm not part of the bill. I'm going out on my own. Almost island. like a like a what do people have at no asthma's in the mouth. There's something you that people have sort of like uh, problems when their nose. They they put the little of oh, the inhaler. The, but that's for that's for um, asthma, right? But I'm not thinking of asthma. I'm thinking of people that have like allergies and stuff. They put some a little pump up their nose. Right. Oh, plunger. right. Yes. I think I've even used that before when I had a cold or something like that. Yeah, I'm not. All right. I, you know what? I'm not touching anybody's nose. Just a nostril. I know. I'm not touching the nostrils. The worst one part nostril, of the nose. then up the no, other nostril. I'm not touching the nostril. Imagine what you're going to catch. All right. Coming up next, Eric Sadal will join us. Eric, of course, is with the Association of Deputy District Attorneys, and uh, he's put out a statement. Actually, the board of the Association of Deputy DAs put out a statement about District Attorney George Gascon not saying anything when it comes to the Democratic Socialists or, or about the whole situation with Hamas. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.